I spent the last couple of weeks doing a, a project about jobs that make sound, and I ended up interviewing two different artists, actually one artist and a couple. They both had really interesting things to say about the intersection of the world of sound and the visual world. Let's get right into it. Can you just introduce yourself, please? I am Mary Alice Bernardin. I create um, sculpture with wood and power tools and chainsaws. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yes, and people give me money to do that. Could you tell us a little bit about how you create your work? In my land, I have a lot of honeysuckle trees, and they are considered a weed tree here. So if I want to create something new on my land, like a labyrinth, and I did, um, I had to dig up all the honeysuckles in that area. And in doing so, I saw how beautiful the roots were when I dug them up. So that sort of was the beginning, and then I brought them back to the house and pyrowashed them. Then I just start looking at it and removing little hairy roots. And What do you use? What tool? I use garden clippers. But then I get Dremel tools, and I use more grinding kind of tools, and then I have a four-inch grinding disc work dog to really get into it and take off a lot of wood at one time. And then um, I cut off the tip, usually with my chainsaw, because it's faster, and I love my chainsaw. <laughs> then I just start shaping the tips to uh, nice round or smooth projections. And then I sand down, grind off all the rough edges, and then sand it down to real smooth finish, and uh, then I either stain it or put a transparent paint on it to bring out the textures in the, in the root. And where it folds on itself and grows around itself creates beautiful waves of wood. You have kind of an outdoor sculpture garden. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I have, uh, it's about five acres and Three-quarters of it's in a pretty thick woods of old oak trees and maples. And and, um, and so I've actually followed some of the uh, deer paths, the, the paths the deers have made, and, and started creating paths through the, through the land. I found that walking the land could be very peaceful, although at times I was spending all that time with my roof brain chatter thinking about 400 other things that I should and shouldn't do. And so the walk really, I may as well not have done it. So I started creating things along the path, whether it was with color or painting a dead tree or uh, things here and there just to pull me back and make me mindful of the walk itself and what was there and what I was missing. And then it just sort of evolved and... I got carried away and just did sculpture everywhere. <laughs> and then other and other friends brought sculpture. I have other sculpture I bought or traded with friends. After listening to that tape, I decided I need to interject because I don't think that audio 
does justice to what, what really is a museum behind Mary Alice's house. So we decided to put up some photos on the website. And if you thought that description is interesting, you can check them out on interestingandunknown.com. All right, back to it. You said something before the interview that I thought was really interesting. W- would you mind telling us a little more about that uh, now that we have the microphone out? About sound and uh, its visual equivalent. And it's called cymatics. And uh, it was really in the 20s they started investigating. And you attach a electrode to a piece of metal and you put sand on it and you run a sound through this electrode so it makes the the disc vibrate and when it vibrates it shifts the sand and eventually the sand holds its design on a particular note and if you change the note the design vibrates again until it comes to its equivalent visual so my thought was that um, if sound has an equivalent visual aesthetic then um, Maybe my paintings or my art also has an equivalent sound. And I thought it would be interesting to consider that. And what did you find out when you did that considering? That's all I've done so far is consider it. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't have the, I don't have the equipment to... Um, you could help me with that. There's already people that take sound into the visual field you want to take the visual field into sound. Correct. Have you heard of uh, (laughs) synesthesia? I started painting music just because I would try to explain synesthesia so many times. It never quite made as much sense to describe it verbally. So I thought it would be best just to put it on canvas just because I've always been an artist and it made it much easier for people to be able to understand it. My name is Melissa McCracken, and I am a synesthetic artist. Synesthesia is a neurological condition where your brain is basically cross-wired, so certain stimuli will come in and it'll create the wrong response in my brain. So for me, that's listening to music, and it's translated into color in my head. I'm going to paint Superstition by Stevie Wonder. I love the song Superstition just because it's dynamic and funky and just fun and expressive. Whenever I start a piece, I have to listen to the song first to even know what kind of colors I'd like to use. There are some songs that I hate that I like the way that they look a little bit. Like a lot of pop music can be pink and purple and you know just all these fun bright colors, but song's not that good. (laughs) So one or the other, I appreciate it somehow. (laughs) You know, you kind of really have to be in the right vibe to be able to paint. If you're not in the right vibe, you're not going to make anything good. I think the prettiest genre of music is jazz music. I love blues and golds and whites, and it just seems very pearly and iridescent a little bit. When I listened to Etta James at last, the thing that stuck out most to me was just her voice at the very beginning when she goes into the at last. At last. And it's just a very bright and but also warm sort of feeling, very kind of classic jazzy, which jazz music generally has 
a very gold and blue sort of look to it. Music has always been a, a very big part of my life. My older brother is very musical, and when I think back of him playing the guitar for me, I think of the colors, of what those memories are. I was always a little disappointed because I was never very musically inclined. It was really cool to have a way to bring music into, you know, my life in a different sort of way. That audio is courtesy of Great Big Story. Uh, to hear and see more stories like this one, you can visit www.greatbigstory.com. The next artist I spoke with was actually an artist team, Joy Wallace and David Gilbertson. They happen to be my partner's parents, uh, and you'll catch some jokes at my expense <laughs> during their interview. Just a quick background They've both been doing art for an extraordinarily long time. Joy, since she was 18, they're both in their 60s now, and David through college. Could you all introduce yourselves? Hi, I am Leah Gilbertson, daughter of Joy and David. I'm Joy. And I'm David. I asked them the same question that I had asked Mary Alice uh, about their process for making art. When I was a printmaker, to make etchings, you, you scratch through kind of a, like a waxy coating on a piece of metal. And some artists use dental tools. I happened to have come upon a box of old Victrola needles. What's a Victrola needle? Oh. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, Victrola was an old record player. Well, it's, a, it's just a pointy piece of steel that looks like a looks like it could be lead from a pencil. And then I would dot. I drew with dots. So when I was a printmaker, my noise was tap 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 tap. It was wonderful. It would go on for hours. Tap 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 tap. And my professor in college hated it so much that he told me not to come to class <laughs> because I was making everyone a little um, uptight with all my little dotty noises, which was perfect because I didn't want to be there anyway. When David and I first got married, I couldn't have my drawing table near his studio because he was so noisy. <laughs> and, and he would sing and he had all this equipment and it was loud and, and my drawings took me to places that were very quiet and far away and I don't know my drawing was like a meditation to me and here I married this noisy artist and I didn't know what to do about it so we we built a, a, a room for me upstairs and and so I would go to my corner of the house and he would clang around in his corner of the house but it's really a lot more fun to work together so it is, yeah. Now we both make noise. Now we so, make noise together. Yeah. They were both too noisy for anyone else, which is why they're perfect for each other. Since Joy already explained the process behind her work, David got to explain the process behind the art they create as a team. <laughs> well, the, the, the steps would depend on what kind of piece I'm making. Some pieces start with a canvas and a painting, 
and uh, other pieces start with uh, polystyrene, which is basically a styrofoam. And cutting styrofoam has a certain kind of sound to it, and then I, I rough it up. Then I do, I coat it with cement, and then I sandblast it. Even the cement has a sound when you... Indeed it does. Put it on. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of gritty, and it's, right. it's got a nice little sound. And then, and then I'll, I'll sandblast portions of it, and... Uh, that's probably the noisiest part of the procedure. When this compressor that's taller than you are comes on. It's Wh alarming. <laughs> it's very loud. Whoever's standing near the compressor when it comes on usually jumps, but that's, uh, that's okay. And, uh, um, and, the, and there's usually rocks and glass in there that are all prepared before the piece is made. And those, I, mean, I don't know if I mentioned before, but we'll... We'll buy pieces of old glass from Goodwill. We'll literally break them, and then we put them in this giant tumbler. And the tumbler makes a unique sound as the glass rolls around. It's got a but but any rate, um, and the and the rocks, uh, we go pick them up at the lake, and there's that lovely sound of just digging through rocks. And then we cut the rocks and grind the rocks and all these different processes to make a piece that then is often a quiet, contemplative piece. Then I asked Joy and David what they thought was interesting about sound and art. Literally a lot of energy is in, it. Is in the work because usually where there is sound, there is energy being used or produced or one of the two or three. I mean, when you break a piece of glass, you're releasing all of that energy and heat that's in the glass that's under tension. And when you hit it with a hammer and it breaks, all at once, all of that energy that's in that glass is released. Sound has all these different signatures. And in thinking about the sounds, I can sort of feel the making of a piece. What does it sound like to make a piece? Speaking of sound, here comes the train that we live by. And, uh, and there's a, a lot of energy in that when it goes by. You can, you can feel that energy. There really is a lot of energy in the train. It shakes the whole house. Joy and David know Mary Alice. It's how I met her. I asked them about what she had mentioned, how she was interested in taking visual things and making them into sound. They had a great answer. How would you make visual things sound? We were at an art fair in um, Evanston, Illinois, outside of Chicago. And we sold, I'm trying to even, anyway, we sold a large piece to a young woman who lived with her mother. And she said, so she took it home, hung it up, and the next day she came back and she said, I'd love for you to come to our home and see where we hung your work. Oh, yes. And she was um, a pianist. She was a composer. And she played what the piece sounded like to her. 
It was wild. She just, it wasn't. I forgot about that. She didn't play a song. But she played all the sounds that she felt from looking at the painting. She did exactly what you were asking. If I had to answer Mary Alice's question now, having thought about it for a while, I think the way that you go from a visual to a sound is really the same way we do any translation between senses, and that's through emotion. Just as Joy said about this woman who played what she felt when she saw the piece, yeah, I think it's these, the things that we feel. Melissa McCracken, the synesthetic artist, she talks about how when she listens to music, that's translated into color. But she also talks a lot about how the songs make her feel. And I wonder how much of her paintings are what her synesthesia makes her see because of her neurological condition and how much of her paintings are based on what she feels just as a normal person. Uh, I want to end with a little extract from David. The sounds, just thinking about the sounds and remembering the sounds can bring you back to making a pot. The sound of a gas-fired kiln, the roar of the flames and the gas mixing with the air and the oxygen. You know, very exciting sounds. So painting really didn't have the same kind of sounds. When I painted, I realized I would turn on loud rock music and that sound created energy in me that sometimes was translated into the paintings. And I hadn't really thought of that until now, that for me, the kind of painting that I did to do it quietly wasn't going to work for me. And now, in a studio that's fairly loud, with all these different sounds, um, I think, oddly enough, some of those sounds are sort of creating energy. Mm -hmm. um, I would agree. And... Uh, you know, which is which is rather fascinating, and and that energy goes into the work. Um, I think people can feel that. Yeah. I think when when you look at a piece of artwork, you, I don't know. I think a good piece of artwork, you pick up on the spirit of of what the artist has energetically put into it. And so, if you're charged up and excited about it and dashing all around, it's pretty neat. <laughs> I think it shows. So thank you for taking the time to listen. This is Interesting and Unknown's first full episode. And we really appreciate the support. Uh, if you would like to learn more and check out our blog or see pictures from today's episode, you can go to interestingandunknown.com. Have a good day. Have a good day. Have a good one.